I spent like 20 minutes just thinking of of glue puns. And I'm going to talk about me, myself, and my problems here for a little while. The Rule 34 questions were last week. That's not a puzzle, it's pushing blocks. If a wave of dragons are coming to raise my town and burn my crops, that's pretty awful to me directly. But I want to hear about your other shitty character. Of course, invest in a robotic flame of flame. This is the Debate This Podcast. Welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this podcast, we take time out of our busy adult lives to argue over the important things, like comics, video games, and why Fallout 76 has taken over my life. Please at me and check in on my well-being. Before we get into things today, uh, we here at Debate This wanted to take a second to recognize that as of this recording today, the father of Marvel Comics, Stan Lee, passed away. Uh, So we are all incredibly thankful for the light and the joy that he's brought into this world and truly and sincerely appreciate all that he's been able to accomplish. My name is Todd Thomas, and joining me today are Andrew Free Drop Billy Henderson, Kyle Good Magic Harper, and Matt My Boy Jack Cole. Today, we're going to jump into the land of make-believe. Since we're months away from Captain Marvel, Avengers 4, and Spider-Man Far From Home, I've challenged these nerds to dig down deep into the Spider-Man universe and pick out a villain who deserves a gritty reboot. In Spider-Man Homecoming, we had Michael Keaton give Adrian Toomes, better known as the Vulture, a much-needed facelift. And in Far From Home, it looks like Jake Gyllenhaal will get a chance to make Quentin Beck, Mysterio, not look like a magician with a fishbowl helmet. Today, I'm looking to pull another villain out of the 90s cartoons and into the next movie. So boys, give me the deets over the villainous horse you've hitched your debate cart to. Wait, is Jake Gyllenhaal not going to wear a fishbowl helmet? Because I'm... Oh no, he'll... Yeah, he'll that- if he if he doesn't that wear the helmet, like a... we'll all leave. But I'm just saying it's <laughs> it's it's gonna it's gonna look better. It better be. A I cool hope it's one of those bowl. like meta references that Marvel the MCU's gotten so good at doing, which is uh like they'll they'll nod it like off camera, like he'll have a <laughs> they'll, fish. They'll pan <laughs> they'll pan over it in the yeah, background yeah. or something. All right. Well, that was some. We, that was, <laughs> we're just great. Gonna, we're just gonna <laughs> wait for Andrew now. Is it me? I think it's, it's you. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, tell me who you've start. chosen and and d- go. Okay. So, <laughs> are you ready now? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So I dug deep for this one. I looked at Spider-Man's roster of villains and I tried to look for the silliest names. And there are some silly ones, guys. <laughs> yes, there ones. are. Um, I. It was a real cross between Stiltman and the villain that I went with, which is called Paste Pot Pete, a.k.a. The Trapster, a.k.a. Peter Petruski. It's a good thing you went with Paste Pot Pete, because the internet seems to think uh, they're, they're going to put Stiltman in one of these seasons of Daredevil soon. So <laughs> they, they teased some tall legs in the background yeah, of an he, episode. He actually looks kind of cool. He's just like a really tall robot. Yeah. Which like, okay. That's fine. That's not the weirdest thing that Marvel's ever done. But let's talk about the weirdest thing Marvel's ever done. It's paste don't, pot Pete. Don't give me don't give me too much cuz I want to I want to get I want to get a good taste in question 1, yeah. but just that brief good overview. Paste pot Pete, the OG version is a very silly looking uh Polish American immigrant <laughs> living the life of a highfalutin scientist and in a 
not like a like a Doctor Otto Octavius scientist, but more of like a kind of scientist, like a like a like a like a Jurassic Park scientist. Like, yeah, see? He's only yeah, he's only building weapons for building for building weapons. Safe. He only and, builds doomsday devices. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but but doomsday devices that are related to adhesive and. <laughs> and other and other like schoolyard materials. I want every interaction with him to start with you've gotten yourself into a sticky situation. Yeah. <laughs> I spent like 20 minutes just thinking of of glue puns. <laughs> okay, well before we can hear any of those, Kyle, can you tell us who you brought to the villainous potluck? So, um I I took it all the way back to Spider-Man's first villain, uh, the Chameleon, showed, who showed up in the very first issue of Spider-Man, uh, Dmitry Smerdyakov. And if I'm mispronouncing that, please keep it to yourself. Um, um, but the, the Chameleon, he's a fam- uh, famously uh, master of disguise and, um, and general trickery. I dig it. All right, Matt, what do you got? Well, if it's the color of the Green Goblin... And it looks like the Green Goblin. And it has ears like the Green Goblin and smiles like the Green Goblin. And Spider-Man is his villain like the Green Goblin. It is most certainly Miles Warren, the creepy science teacher who's way too into his students and goes by the name the Jackal. Because I didn't realize that every villain in Spider-Man looked a lot like the Green, uh, not the Green Lantern, the Green Goblin, until I researched the Jackal. And here he is, the guy who looks exactly like the Green Goblin, but furry and isn't and wears a loincloth and is a science teacher who's way too into his students. So Matt, Matt put up a picture of this and I love this picture. He's like a cool <laughs> yoga Green Goblin. <laughs> like, well, he he reminds me of the holding Green up Goblin a bust in... of Spider-Man's head, which <laughs> yeah, like, where he... do you buy a bust of Spider-Man's head? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he just looks like the Green Goblin in Miles Morales's universe, but way less buff. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Yeah. take the old 90s gargoyle cartoon and mash Yoda yep, in yeah. there somewhere. Yeah. He's like, he's like a green Dulcine from Street Fighter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so let's 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 get into this. Let's let's stir this up a bit. So my first question for you all today, uh, throwing it back to the Vulture and Homecoming, they were able to take Adrian Toomes uh, and from his comic book roots of being a nerdy electrical engineer wronged by his business partner, and they turned him into a guy salvaging Chitari tech from New York who turns it into weaponry after Tony Stark. Uh, and the government try to confiscate from it all in the name of providing for his family. Can we just say Michael Keaton is the greatest actor of our generation? Like, we all agree with that, right? There's no oh, debate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no. This is, I mean, we were talking about it before the recording that Michael Keaton made that movie yes. what it was. And if your butt didn't pucker a little bit in that car scene, you're a liar. Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to check your pulse. Well, so talking about ways that they improved the the villain for the t or for the movie screen. So tell me about your villain's backstory now and how it's going to tie to the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, how you're going to church it up for the big screen, and most importantly, why it deserves to have an endless budget thrown at it. So I'll be honest. There's no. There's not a whole lot about old case pot Pete. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, believe it you're or not. Kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's kind of a one-trick pony, and uh, after the after the silly '60s, he was uh, he was one of those that just didn't didn't make it to the next cut. Um, so outside of like 
he hates the human torch. There's not a whole lot of backstory to this guy. So I took this in a very different direction and uh, I, I had a lot of fun doing this. <laughs> um, I, I won't bore you. I have like a four page screenplay. No lie. Oh, he oh, does. Of course you do. We can see it in the show notes, everyone. <laughs> um, I won't share. I won't bore you with that now. I'll give you the highlights, but maybe, uh, maybe as a bonus episode, we can, uh, we can do my, my <laughs> screenplay. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it on social media, maybe. Perfect. Um, so I kind of took this in a similar direction to Michael Keaton's character. I like the I like the like blue collar approach. The the fact that he's just like a dad in New York, you know, uh, very relatable. Um, so I'll just I'll read you my treatment. Here we go. Um, Henry Petruski is a second generation Polish immigrant working as a mid level factory engineer in Gary, Indiana. Now, Gary, Indiana is the one factoid that we know about the real Peter <laughs> Petruski. Uh, he is from Gary, Indiana. He hates the Human Torch, and he likes glue. Those are the three things that we know about him. Also, factoid: Gary, Indiana is the worst place. Like, just the worst place. So if if a glue Sorry eater if you're villain, from Gary, Indiana, we're not changing all our, friends our minds. From Indiana, we love you. Um, it is it is considered to be the most Midwest of the Midwest. Um, it, so I, I also took this in a little different direction. So instead of Peter Petruski, his name is Henry Petruski, and I'll explain why. Henry has three kids with his, with his wife, Donna, with whom he's been married for 19 long years. Donna and Henry live modestly, with the both of them struggling to balance work and family responsibilities. Henry also supports his ailing father, who is suffering from onset Alzheimer's. Henry works at Stark Chemical, eh? Eh? Nah. A, a <laughs> subsidiary of Stark Industries, which is overseen by his brother, Peter Petruski. Uh, so in the original, the original lore, Peter Petruski is the brilliant scientist who invents the polymer. So we're focused on his brother, Henry. Uh, where Henry is a warm father figure to his team of mis- misfit factory workers, his brother Peter is a cold and ambitious executive, willing to trade any man's life in a second to save a buck. Obviously, Henry resents his brother, both for his successes and for his refusal to participate in their father's care. Basically, Henry is losing all his, sa- his life savings taking care of their father, while Peter is living the life of luxury uh, in, his, in, his, in his high castle. Um, one day, Henry arrives to work to find that Peter has set in motion a new automated workflow that will virtually wipe out their entire floor staff. Um, he showcases this new adhesive polymer, one that will obviously, uh, one that is incredibly effective and cost efficient because science and reasons. Uh, Henry confronts his brother about the layoffs. They announced that they're going to be basically wiping out the entire factory staff, um, and, uh, uh, many of which whom Henry directly uh, employs. And uh, his brother responds rather flippantly. He says, well, they will be compensated appropriately. Um, Peter is more focused on the, uh, the new automated workflow, which is introduced by a one Ms. Pepper Potts, directly from Stark Industries. There's the connection. Um, he shows the robotic arm, kind of like imagine the beginning of Spider-Man 2 when Dr. Octopus is not evil yet. Um, and uh, there's this little robotic arm that's got a, like a drill gun. And the drill gun shoots off this little, um, this little splotch of this adhesive polymer. Um, Peter, uh, basically, he, he showcases the polymer by sticking a little piece of balsa wood to a bowling ball. And then he holds the balsa wood and watches the, as the bowling ball is held completely in place by this, by this polymer. Um, so that's kind of setting up the, the technology here. Um, Henry starts to get angrier as they, as they bicker back and forth. And um, he- Henry's anger eventually gets the better of him and the brothers uh, fight. Peter grabs the glue drill and shoots it at Henry, 
sticking his shoulder to the wall. So, you know, think of like, there's going to be a lot of, it's going to kind of invoke Spider-Man a lot with this glue gun, which I think is kind of a cool parallel. So he shoots Henry, Henry's shoulder gets stuck to the wall and he can't get it off. And that demonstrates to the audience like, oh shit, this is, this stuff is serious. So Henry rips off his shirt and goes to chase his brother. Um, Because they're in a factory, there's a lot of uh, really dangerous machinery. So of course they begin fighting on the floor of the factory. Henry, uh, Henry finds Peter and he tackles him in the middle of the factory and uh, they're, they're back at it again. Peter, is, his malicious brother, tries to shoot Henry again. Um, Henry is able to dodge and grabs the, the drill gun, wrestles it from Peter's grasp, and the drill goes off and shoots Peter in the hand. And because this is a movie, there is a conveyor belt directly behind Peter. <laughs> <laughs> some, of you, some of you have read ahead. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Henry Henry accidentally shoots Peter in the hand. Uh, the impact knocks Peter's hand back on the conveyor belt as Peter is slowly pulled toward the paper baler behind him. Um, so immediately cut to Henry frantically trying to pull Peter, break him free, but the polymer is too damn strong. And uh, as he's trying to like turn off the machine, he's trying to like force it shut. It won't it won't stop. And we we see the camera pan out as. Uh, Henry, or sorry, Peter's screams are then muffled by the sounds of the bailer grinding his bones. Is is Pepper Potts there this whole time? <laughs> yeah, I think, let's say she left. <laughs> I think that probably interferes. With she her oversees character. HR, not not risk management. Okay, mm-hmm. this is after hours. Um, so we fast forward a year later, and Henry is now living in upstate New York. He has a beard now to show that time has passed, and he's going by the name Pete. So he's uh, in his own weird way kind of living as, uh, I guess, acknowledging his brother. Um, he basically, he's living in squalor. Uh, we see cockroaches all over littering the floor. There's broken beer bottles and liquor bottles everywhere. He's committing petty crimes basically to stay alive, just to, just to stay afloat. But he's barely a man anymore. He's just living in, living with this guilt, this immense guilt. He's basically run away from his entire life. And uh, the, last, the last kind of big scene here is uh, he, we see him rob a jewelry store using the glue gun, um, kind of like using the glue gun to break through glass, to um, you know, interfere with security cameras and alarms. And uh, he starts shoveling just you know, jewel, tons and tons of jewels into his jacket pockets, and the police eventually catch up to him. And again, in a very Spider-Man-like scene, we see him shoot po- cops and basically, like, sticking cops to their cars. So what I thought was kind of a cool angle here is you could play up, like, the beginning of, wait for it, Sonic Adventure 2. Um, <laughs> everybody, everybody thinks because, because uh, Pete, Pete quotes, uh, air quotes, is wearing a red and blue tracksuit, um, there's, like, fuzzy camera footage that gets posted online that people think he's Spider-Man. And uh, so we cut to Peter Parker now looking through Reddit threads and basically looking himself up and seeing a headline that says Spidey Breaking Bad. And uh, it's, a, it's a grainy video of, of uh, Petruski stealing these jewels. I'm going to make one uh, correction and say that, it's, uh, that we find out people think he's gone bad through uh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Oh yeah, yeah. yelling oh, no, about that's, that's, yelling about that menace Spider-Man. Well, <laughs> well, no, 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 no. What we're getting because this is now in like present year 
We've got J. Jonah Jameson with a picture that's very clearly not Spider-Man, but he's pixelating it. Yes. And he's going, ah, good enough, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And look, no. he, he's still playing. J. J. Still Jonah Jameson is shitposting Real talk, though, this. wouldn't, do you think J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson would be doing like a, would be like a clickbaity, like BuzzFeed? Like, wouldn't, couldn't you see him doing like one of the, like leading one of those oh, sites? Yeah. Yeah, top top ten photos of Spider-Man committing yeah. crimes. Number five will <laughs> yeah, shock you. A, yeah, there's a listicle yeah, about Info it. Wars with <laughs> yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. It. Yeah, and he definitely has a podcast. He absolutely has a podcast. Isn't that the thing in the Spider-Man game that I haven't played? It is. You can listen to yeah, you can listen to recordings of J. Jonah. It's so good. Uh J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson is one of my favorite uh um, best comic that's, book casting decisions yes. of all time. Oh yeah. That's the casting that I, I want them to bring back into I, like the MCU. Yes. Like I just wish they would just say like screw it, we know it's yeah, fine. It, it was so good and it'll never be able to get replicated again. Yeah, so all right, that's Kyle. Uh, that's that's Pace Pot Pete. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for our podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so so I um I took a similar approach to um the chameleon and had him tied in had his uh backstory tied to tragedy at the hands of tony stark um and similar to how he's spider-man's first villain his backstory is going to go back all the way to the first um mcu movie um so uh, uh he gets uh, screwed over by the events of iron man um so dimitri was employed by stark industries um he was working on some you know high-tech adaptive camouflage technology, um, some kind of like electronic pigmented cloth that you could effectively just change the appearance of it, change the camo you're in um, with only, you know, a couple button presses or programming or whatever. Um, he's very excited about this project. He was, um, he w- I want to have him as a, as a war veteran, um, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq. He's in one of those conflicts um and he lost um his uh, squad mate in an ambush and he is determined to get this right because if um their camouflage was better maybe they wouldn't have been ambushed in that way and his friend would still be alive today um so he's he's really close to uh getting this technology down and right when he's about to figure it out uh tony stark announces he's no longer accepting military con- contracts and shuts down all the research that is dedicated to uh, war and military research. Um, Dimitri is without a job, um, desperate. He kind of steals all that information he was working with, working on, takes his prototypes home with him, and keeps working on his own. Um, he realizes very quickly that uh, Stark's money was a very important part of his research, and he needs some more funding to get going. Um, so he takes this, a tiny piece of cloth he was able to get uh, working and makes a mask out of it and um, is able to replicate faces from, um, from images he's, he finds online. Um, so we watch him um, kind of stake out a bank, um, get some, gets, gather some info, um, do a little recon, and he, with his mask impersonates a bank employee kind of we get to watch him kind of clumsily fake his way into the vault and he takes as much money as he can throw into a bag and just walks out clean and scot-free um his disguise works and we kind of see through news footage 
or something that uh, the employee he impersonated gets blamed for the crime. And since they have him so clearly on camera, um, he gets arrested and Dimitri gets off scot-free, no charges. Um, this feels like the plot of like Dexter <laughs> or Weeds or like any like anti-hero. You know, like you're yeah. rooting for them, but you're not supposed to be kind of thing. I, I really like my uh, villains to have a, a good fleshed out tragic backstory. I can also oh, yeah. really just see this Dimitri guy like on the Internet trying to figure out what to do with this technology and stumbling across the deep fakes that took over like Pornhub there for a minute. Oh, and yeah. being like, I can use this for evil instead of evil. That's, that's <laughs> honestly, um, the, like, uh, there have been a few, a few uh, security like military security interviews I've seen where like that is the next big threat is like we can pretty much almost perfectly replicate and fake someone's voice and we're getting close to doing it with video and once we perfect that technology and it gets out there things are going to be bad um but that's not <laughs> what we're talking about we're talking about comic books <laughs> so we so that's Kind of what we see in the past. We jump ahead, like we did in Spider-Man Homecoming, to present day. And um, we see Dimitri with this massive operation. He's still, he's pulling heists. Um, and he's doing more uh, what would be considered identity fraud than robbery. Um, he's perfected, like, voice-changing technology. Um, he's perfected this um, adaptive camouflage mask. And he is able to perfectly imitate and act like anyone. Um, so he's impersonating bank managers, hedge fund managers, um, investors, and just taking large sums, but small enough that he goes unnoticed, into his new corporation, Chameleon Defense. Um, he sets up Chameleon Defense. <laughs> He sets up Chameleon Defense as um, kind of this white hat espionage, counter-espionage firm. So he's got this very legitimate face to his company, and he kind of uses his, uh, his shady tactics to keep them in the black year after year. Um, one day, through going through his normal actions, just kind of... Um, you know, logging into banks and, and cleaning out people's accounts and taking them into his own. He happens to do this to May Parker. Um, so furious that um, Aunt May gets screwed over this way, Peter, Peter Parker, uh, you know, puts on the suit, uh, goes checking out what happened and traces it back to Chameleon Defense. Um, you know, he, Spider-Man breaks in, Dimitri figures out Spider-Man's identity, and uses his, uh, his technology to, um, to pretend to be Aunt May and pretend to be in trouble, leading Peter Parker into a death trap, and pretending to be Mary Jane and getting Peter in trouble and leading him into death trap. And, um, it just, uh, goes on like that until their final confrontation. I love the connection of the first movie where Tony Stark shuts down his defense. Like that was a, that was a real, real good callback. <laughs> I like that. Thank so, you. So Kyle, walk us through how, because this definitely does walk us through how this connects to mission impossible too. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, uh, we'll, 
We'll see Tom Cruise just stroll through the background when we get that nice, like, um, that nice opening shot of present day chameleon defense, like what it looks (laughs) like now. Um, That'll be our nice Easter egg of getting Tom Cruise to walk through the shot. Nice. Tom Cruise is on the other side of the building. You just don't see it in that picture. Exactly. (laughs) Good. All right, Matt, what do you got? All right, so unlike most villains in the MCU, Miles Warren doesn't really come from Stark Industries at all. Uh, Actually, he doesn't really come from most of the past MCU at all. You'd probably only recognize him if you had a very, very, very keen eye during Spider-Man Homecoming. Because Miles Warren is actually just Peter Parker's science teacher. Uh, At least that is his current job. See, he was a famed scientist who had spent years working with another mysterious colleague on a genetics experiment far off in the mountains. Uh, Like, you know, it was the typical Miles Warren was a big scientist. Miles Warren something, something, something was defamed and embarrassed and went off to follow some classified ad into the mountains where he could continue to science. Uh, And so he came into this genetics experiment with another mysterious doctor where they were working on a cloning project and they were working on splicing human DNA with animal DNA to create genetically modified people, because that's just what you do in comic book movies. If you're a scientist in the Marvel Universe, you're just trying to replicate the super soldier serum. That's That's all 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 you do. So here it is. Here's the kicker. Um, because I liked this very much from what Andrew coined as the silly 60s, which I also like very much. Um, <laughs> the, the guys working on this cloning project, they do not call them humans. They do not call them superhumans. They call them new men's. New men's. Oh. Yeah. And it is so terrible and I love it. And that's staying. You're good. sure as shit that's going to stick around. Oh shit. That's really We're not going to deep six that word like we did with mutants. That sounds... That sounds like how they, I was going to say, how they get around calling them mutants before they, mm. before Disney bought Fox, yeah. but. Or, yeah. or how The Walking Dead does never say zombies. Yeah. Yes. No zombie movie ever says zombies. There's not a single zombie movie or zombie entertainment that, that knows that zombies exist. All right, nerd, calm yourself. I believe Shaun of the Dead Shaun of the Dead does call them zombies, as yeah. does Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies also calls them zombies. But okay, Warm Bodies counts. I, I mean, so Sean regret does, saying any it. of this. Shaun of the Dead does it because it's a parody of, of zombie movies. But anyway, Warm I bodies, want I'll to accept. be a zombie and so, die. So Miles Warren <laughs> is working with this other guy to create Newman's. Unfortunately for Miles Warren. <laughs> Thank you for that so pause afterwards. <laughs> Unfortunately for Miles Warren, one of the Newman's escapes. And the one that escapes is the Jackal hybrid. And it just escapes. It, it is never important. It never comes back. There's no no repercussions. Nothing. It just escapes and is gone. Doesn't matter anymore. But that sounds what pretty good. does matter nope. is that everybody's pissed because Miles Warren let the guy get away. And so he gets fired. Which, realistically, is pretty good for Miles. Because now we're going to tie all this shit back into the uh, MCU. He left only six months before Hydra fell. And the project lost all funding. So this project was being funded by not only Justin Hammer from Hammer Industries, but Alexander Pierce, who you might recognize as the S.H.I.E.L.D. head who was commanding Hydra's Mm -hmm. agents within S.H.I.E.L.D. 
before Hydra fell. So, um, Miles Warren, without really knowing it, was working for Hydra, creating Newmans. Now, fast forward to present day, Miles Warren has given up on the big science and has retreated to your average, everyday, run-of-the-mill science in high school, where he is teaching... Pulled a Walter White. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Teaching high school biology to people like Peter Parker, also to people like Gwen Stacy. Now, I know Gwen Stacy's not in the MCU yet. She might be in the next movie. That's the big rumor. Play with me in this headspace where Gwen Stacy exists in the MCU and fingers crossed it's Emma Stone again because that would be great, even though it would be way out of the age range and I can dream. So anyway, (laughs) Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker have class with uh, Mr. Warren. What's weird is that Mr. Warren is obsessed with Gwen Stacy, like the really creepy kind of obsessed. Definitely has a huge crush on her, definitely has become really obsessive over always making sure she's in the front of the class, always making sure he is giving her extra help, you know, being the typical creepy science teacher who ends up on the news after a couple of years working at that school. Something, something, something. Gwen Stacy dies. Pick your favorite Gwen Stacy death from one of the 15 times she's died in one canon or another. And Mr. Warren is really pissed. Like most people, Mr. Warren blames Spider-Man for Gwen Stacy's death. He goes insane because the 18-year-old that was getting him out of bed every day is no longer a thing. And he decides, what should I do? but make my own 18-year-old to get me out of bed every day. Nope. Oh, oh. This, no, this oh, really went this, down a This just a turned path. into a sex Yeah, this, this, is, is weird. this is gross. Like this is gross and comic book <laughs> canon. Like, amazing Spider-Man, run-of-the-mill canon. So, he creates a clone of Gwen Stacy, also creates a clone of Peter Parker, realizes through cloning Peter Parker's DNA that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, creates the Clone Saga, which is what most people know the Jackal for. Um, You know that meme of the two Spider-Men pointing at each other? (laughs) Pointing at each other. Yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. This guy's fault. Um, So, creates a clone Peter Parker, realizes Peter Parker is Spider-Man, swears his vengeance on Peter Parker, needs something to reap his vengeance, and decides to take inspiration from the Newman that he let get loose and turn himself into a jackal hybrid, bonding himself with um, your typical titanium claws, because I think that this was written before adamantium was a big deal, and is giving himself uh, superhuman strength and agility and healing and smarts and all of the typical shit that villains give to themselves when they genetically modify themselves. Thus, you have the jackal. Where the green fur came from? Don't know. That's going away. I listen. I want to watch you I'm, pitch uh, pitch the I want to make the villain the guy who makes weird sex clones of his teenage students to a studio and see what happens. Yeah, I got to say I'm still back about 3 minutes ago when you said he gets his own 18-year-old who gets him out of bed every day. Yeah. I'm 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 going through some shit. It's gross, right? Right now on yeah, that one. Yeah, it's fucking gross. You know what else it Which, is? No, 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 it's, no. You know what else it is? Relevant in 2018. <laughs> so here's here's the thing too. So you saying it's canon? 
as part of my own research for this, I was looking for the weirdest things that have happened in a Spider-Man comic. Peter's semen gave Mary Jane cancer. That's true. Yeah. So like, yeah, that was a so thing. like, I mean, weirder things have happened than like sex robots, but let's move and on. Like this, I, I do need to say that like, as far as what I read, and I'm sure there's more, but as far as what I read, there's never actually like gross sex that happens. It's like, well, yeah. it's a weird obsession, Mar- but there's never, it never goes the whole distance. It's all just implied. Marvel comics usually stay pretty PG-13 in that regard. Well, I mean, and especially depending on when this happened, like there was a lot of regulation over some of that stuff. All right. So forgetting about all of that um, and going on to question two. So if we are taking your villain to the big screen, we need to be able to really visualize what that's going to look like. Um, We're going to give him some of that old Hollywood razzle dazzle. So I need you to tell me a couple things now. So one who are you going to cast as your villain? Um, and what is their costume going to look like? Specifically, think like Michael Keaton wasn't made up as an old bald man with an offensively long nose and a fur boa. Instead, he was like a badass with a bombardier jacket that also had a fur collar, but like a classy fur collar. So, fellas, bring your villain into the year 2020 for me, because that's when I imagine this movie comes out. So my interpretation of Henry, I think you would need to have a blue collar kind of man's man, uh, a good dad, a good blue collar dad. And to me, there's no better good blue collar dad than Milo Ventimiglia from This Is Us. <laughs> good. Do you mean do you mean Jess from? Uh, I also from mean Gilmore Girls. Jess from or... team Gilmore Girls. Hashtag Team Jess. Hashtag <laughs> Jess should have gotten his own spinoff show. Hashtag my favorite character. Yes. I, um, what, I hate what, was what you his, just wait, did there. He, I, this guy's Peter Petrelli from Heroes. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's also, also Peter, Peter Petrelli. Yes. He is, he's, got a lot of, he's got a lot of good personas. Uh, but, but really, I'm thinking more of his most recent character, and this is us, where he's, uh, he's that working man's hero. Does um, he still have the mustache? He definitely has the mustache, without a doubt. But he does have to grow the beard to show that time has passed. That is absolutely <laughs> okay. a requirement. Now, I, I picture his character very much like his character in This Is Us, where he's wearing a lot of corduroy jackets and Wrangler jeans. That's probably most of his the, wardrobe, different shades of corduroy Get that good product jacket. placement. Yeah. <laughs> Just completely like shitting on his comic book wardrobe right now. There's well, no, it's not going to be bright purple and green. It's probably not going to be bright purple and green. <laughs> I like the idea of him, after he breaks bad, quote unquote, to kind of like wear something red and blue just for that, just to set up that grainy, like, oh, it's Spider-Man, even though we all know it's clearly fucking not. Like the shadow of the hedgehog, I found you, faker, like that kind of thing. <laughs> we'll do a Sonic Adventure 2 episode someday. Um, yeah, so that, that's where I'm going with him. I think his brother, Peter, he's got to play like a, like a snide, you know, business, business executive. He wears a lot of suits. So who better than the main character from Suits? Um, which I don't know if any of you have seen. It's not a good show. Like it's not. Oh, <laughs> hold on now. It's well, I'm in a good it's, show in the fact that like it's like an it's engaging very much, story. It's, it's it's very much a USA. Oh yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a sh- it's USA. It's a show that's okay. On. I see it. It's a show that's on. You know, I'll watch it. Um, but the the main guy, his name is Gabriel. I think Gabriel Ma. You, you know, the the main smarmy guy. He does look smarmy. He's super smarmy. <laughs> Like that's his whole character is like smarmy guy in a suit. So smarmy yeah, feels really... like one of those words to me that you can't define. You can only give examples of. Yes. Yes. 
you really missed your opportunity to to get the the band back together and cast his brother I, from Heroes. Well, I was actually that was the first thing, and then I was like, "Ooh, what if I just made it Logan?" <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's gotta be it's gotta be the guy from Suits, um, because his brother from Heroes. I always think that that's that other guy who's in that comedy troupe that I see him in. Like he's always in like bit parts in comedy shows, but he has a much higher voice. I don't know who that is, yeah. but you know oh, who I'm talking about. I'm so lost. Yeah, Kyle. No, I'm Lost. So is my character is from Lost. We're not there yet. Ky- oh, yeah. Kyle and I are best well, friends, and he gets me. <laughs> well, so so Kyle, tell us what what star you have cast because I'm sure it's no one that we've ever discussed ever in great detail. So <laughs> funny you should mention that. <laughs> it's not it's not The Rock, but it's oh. the other one. Um, if it's not The Rock or John Cena, then who's left? Um, so I think Rami Malek would be a great <laughs> That's good. chameleon. Um, Our new The he's, Rock. He, <laughs> he's, um, he's, he's got experience as, um, as a, a tech guru from Mr. Robot. He's shooting up in stardom from playing Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, and he's got those nice Steve Buscemi eyes that I really wanted to get for whoever I cast as comedian uh-huh. because that just makes me happy. Um, but I want, I want when he's not disguised as someone else, I want Rami Malek to be in nice in a nice, super nice suit because he's running this big company, kind of the evil version of Stark Industries. Um, and I'm really. I really want my movie to set up Chameleon or Dimitri as uh, the MCU's answer to not being able to get the kingpin in there. Um, and I want him to be this kind of overarching white-collar crime lord. I um, I didn't realize, so I was obviously Googling pictures of the Chameleon because that's what I do in this moment. And I didn't realize, I guess I didn't remember, that in the 90s cartoon... He was always wearing like this combat uniform with this weird shoulder sling, and like it was almost a Vegeta Dragon Ball Z yeah. costume. Yeah, the chameleons had some uh, some tragic costumes over the years, and I want to get rid of that and just put him in a nice, like crisp white suit, and have him just look <laughs> baller as hell. I dig that. Well, all right, man. Yeah, so um, I'm about to say some really mean things about this actor. And I, I want to put it out there that every all the research I've done says that none of this is true and that this actor is a really nice guy in real life. But, like, Michael Emerson from Lost... Well, let's, let's hope Michael Emerson from Lost doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> did you guys watch Lost? Am I the only one here who watched Lost? No, I watched the whole yeah. thing. I'm the only one who hasn't watched Lost. Okay. I haven't I watched it either. So, oh, okay. Ben from Lost has to be one of the creepiest dudes ever on TV. Super creepy. Like, so... So, so creepy. And I mean, Michael Emerson is just kind of a creepy looking dude to begin with. He, he's character actor as fuck. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. So again, I'm about to say some really mean things about Michael Emerson, but I'm not going to lie. He kind of screams rapey science teacher when you just look at him real quick. That like weird half ass smile that he has and the round glasses and the, the frayed but balding hair. He's a creepy looking dude. Again, my apologies to Michael Emerson. If you're listening, I'm sure you're a great guy. 
and fantastic actor. Yeah, phenomenal. He played, actor. he played a villain in Arrow too. For for those who might not, who else might not have watched Lost, if you like Arrow, he played Clayton, J- Caden James. I'm sorry. Who's the, who's the guy in the first Captain America movie who um he's shorter and he's like always a villain. You know what I'm talking about? No, um, I don't know the actor. He's not like not. Not the Red Skull, but the guy that was like his little sidekick for a while. Who who was in the computer yeah. oh, in the second one? Yeah, uh, I don't know his name. I don't know his I, I name. I was just either. gonna say Michael Emerson reminds me of that guy where he's yeah. like, yeah, he just has the face of a bad guy, even though I'm sure he's a super nice guy. And his him and his agent really leaned into that, and they really leaned into interviews. Into it, yeah. yeah, he's the he's oh, Tobolowski Ar- of villains. Arnim Zola. Yeah, I don't Arnim know who Zola, the actor yeah. is. Mike Michael Emerson was also in Saw, like. Which, if you want to talk about creepy dudes, his part in Saw in the bathroom scene is horrifying and very unsettling. So yeah, he's a creepy guy, and if you're talking, like, weirdly obsessive science teacher who is smart, but, like, you just know there's more there, and he has a dark, troubled history, I'm gonna go with Michael Emerson. I am, I'm not gonna lie, just having a real hard time bringing the Jackal costume into 2020. Because the green fursuit is not a good look. I don't even know where green came from. Jackals aren't green. Jackals are brown. There's never been a green jackal. The the green came from old comic books only being able to use like seven colors. So all <laughs> villains were green or purple. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, I, I have like sort of two thoughts here. Um, One thought is that like he becomes sort of like beast from the x-men like um which i don't really love my other thought is like weird geneticist scrubs you know the like sort Mm. of eerie not hospital scrubs but the like morgue-esque kind of gross probably a little bloody scrubs um and then probably some sort of like cool mask because there is the whole clone saga which happened in comic books in the 90s and Jackal created all of that, and there is another Jackal who is also a clone, and that clone also becomes Jackal, and that Jackal wears, like, a suit and a mask. So I'm just gonna mush all that shit together, and we're gonna say, like, green scrubs, guy with a little bit too much body hair, cool mask. Jackal, 2020. Nice. I, uh, I, can, I can get behind that weird body hair, if you know what I mean. I don't. So I don't know what you, you mean. I, well, we'll stop the. We'll and stop I don't the know podcast. If I want you to elaborate. <laughs> Why does Todd uh, always get the cold opens? Damn it! <laughs> so, so here with question three, I've got for you guys. So, you've now detailed your character story. You've told me who's playing them, what they look like, and so in casting your villain as the big bad in the third installment of the um, current Spider-Man trilogy. You are now going to be the head of the Sinister Six. That's the only playoff that can possibly happen in the third movie. So far, your team includes the Vulture, Mysterio, and Scorpion. And then the other two villains here that aren't yours. Tell me now why your villain is the best equipped to lead the team and also why the others are hot garbage. I want to go on record real quick saying if the third MCU Spider-Man movie isn't titled Spider-Man Coming Home, then I quit. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> there it is. 
go on. It'll be it'll be something home. I don't know. Someone tried to say that it was going to be um, home is where the heart is, but that's too long. Oh, I hate that. Um, I, I hate that so I, much. I'm cheering for uh, Homeward Bound. Nope. I would um, like. That's also I would bad. like to throw Home Alone into the hat. Ooh. It's coming home. All of your ideas are bad, and mine is good. What, what Go if, on, Andrew. What if whatever the title to Spider-Man is is just embroidered on a nice pillow? <laughs> They're good. Good. Um, so okay. Um, so what, I was answering a question. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The so why why is your guy the leader of the Sinister Six, and why are the other two's but? So what I like about my my iteration of Pastepot Pete is that he has nothing to lose because <laughs> it's better than anything. Pastepot Pete. His, his name is Pastepot Pete. And uh, I have in my screenplay treatment, there is a little nod to Pastepot Pete. But uh, again, that's going to be some bonus content. Um, so I think I, I built this kind of design based on Keaton's Vulture. But the one main difference is that where Keaton still has is retaining some of his like, quote unquote, normal life. Pastepot Pete, <laughs> I can't even say it legitimately. Henry, Henry has, has completely disavowed that entire part of his life. So he is he is a he is a man with nothing on the loose nothing to lose excuse me he has run away he has escaped he's he's driven millions of miles thousands uh from his from his previous home he has no ties with his family anymore you know he's he's basically on the lam think like Walter White in the last two episodes of Breaking Bad like he's got he's got nothing um later iterations of this character they renamed him the Trapster which like again he's still super fucking lame but there's a picture of him he looks like. He looks uh-huh. like a he looks like a D&D bard. Like he looks like a <laughs> shitty dandelion. He looks like my D&D character actually. Uh, um and he's got like this like doopy dopey this, like goatee and, this link know, hat and this Yeah, he's got a little like, bit of an elephant link hat. Whiplace, whip or snidely whiplash. Snidely yeah. whiplash whip- goatee. But I I like this this, this iteration. I like this thought of him living in like this remote cabin in the woods. Again, like the last episode of Breaking Bad, and he's got like his whole thing is like setting up traps. So he's got like bear traps set up and like landmines set up and like all this stuff, like just waiting to get people to like stop them from finding him. Like I, I like that. I like that kind of iteration where he's just like on his own, and uh, I think he could use that to his to a lot of advantages in breaking and entering and in you know fortified buildings and and kind of stuff like that. But but really, what's gonna give him the edge is the fact that he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> like his name is Pastepot Pete. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Jesus, I hate what you've shared in the doc. <laughs> I there's not one part of this that I, I like so much about the things you choose to be. And and the... what's, what's so bad about this? This what's so bad about is that it? He has an actual glue gun. Like it's like let's just steer into the skin and give him a fucking. Glue it looks. Gun. It looks like it looks like a caulking gun. Yeah, like it does. it does not look threatening. <laughs> yeah, he's redoing his bathroom. That's really all. Yeah. His spot fetus. He's like, I really got to be precise with this spackle treatment. Yeah. Kyle, do better. Oh, I'm so I'm I'm glad this is your third question because um, Dimitri, the Dimitri, I've. I've painted is perfect to head up the Sinister Six. He's already the head of the, of a a nice big corporation. He manages government contracts and shady backwater deals all the already. Um, so he's got a nice front for bringing on five other um, crazy super powered people into his fold. Um, he can you know he's just contracting these guys out for security work. Um, 
Um, I and as I said before, I want I want uh, Dimitri to kind of be the anti Stark of the MCU. He's this big evil businessman who's insanely competent and got his hands in a whole lot of pots. Um, and a lot of paste I pots. F- Oh, a lot of paste. <laughs> in my head, yeah. I said it, and then I hated it. I walked right into the that silly sixties attacks again. Um, but he's he's already a he's already a, a leader. He's already um, got the connections to head up a, an evil corporation. Um, so I think he's he's gonna be the one who gets the job of calling the shots in the Sinister Six. I really, really like everything you just said because it's not what Andrew said. Because <laughs> it's nothing to do with Pace Pot Pete. Yeah, but what, but what happens if push comes to shove and Dimitri is set up at a situation where it's either him or the other guy? Is he really gonna? Is he really going to gonna sacrifice himself and sacrifice all that he's built? No, because they're villains. None of that, That's not the point of the Sinister Six. Wait, are you, you, are you saying like, hold on. No, are you saying Pastepot Pete is a good leader because he would sacrifice himself? That sounds a lot like what you just said. I feel like Pastepot Pete would be like, look, guys, of all of us, I'm probably the least needed. So if someone needs to dive on this literal I'm gonna or go get, I'm gonna go grenade. Get, I'm gonna go get it. coffee at that caribou coffee I saw down the street. I'll be back. Can we can we mute Henderson so Matt can answer this question? So I just I just hate sorry okay. Matt I just hate I hate so much that tuft of facial hair on his chin and it haunts my <laughs> dreams and I hate it. Todd Todd's going to see that face in his dreams tonight. Matt make things better. That's, okay, wait. No, someday someday we'll start a Patreon and it's only going to have one tier and that tier is going to be give us 50 cents a month and we will give you <laughs> access to the Google Docs that we make so you can see all the pictures that we have. To go along with uh, this, because this, I, I agree, this Pastepot Pete is going to haunt my nightmares, and I found it. And, you know what, it's, I don't know what the opposite of Patreon is, maybe it's we ho- we're holding our listeners ransom, we'll charge you 50 cents a month if you don't pay us, and we're going to send you this picture you, a lot. Uh, you either pay us, or we, we, uh, DD, we attack you with pictures of Pastepot Pete. We're going to slide more, into your DMs with Pastepot Pete. This horrible picture, the more that I think he looks like Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, well, let's see. We need to count off the people that shouldn't be listening to our Do you want to change your answer to the podcast. casting question, Andy? Uh, I, think I, I think I have to change my answer. He might be played by Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Matt, give us give us things that aren't Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. Sure. So, like, Mr. Warren, Miles Warren, the Jackal, if you will, he's that, like, weird kind of smart. That, like, haul up in your room alone while all the other kids are paying, playing in the living room kind of smart. The, like, gross, you don't really want to argue with him because you know he's right, but you don't know how kind of smart. And that's why I think he would end up being the leader of the Sinister Six. The other reason I think that he would end up being the leader of the Sinister Six is because he does have successful cloning tech and a successful streak of super-powered clones. And being weird and crazy, I 100% see him taking tissue samples from the other members of the Sinister Six and stashing them and quietly informing everyone that if they disagree with him, he'll just kill them and make another one. 
And so if Pastepot Pete steps out of line, Pastepot Pete will get a Pastepot <laughs> cap in his Pastepot Pete. I don't. I lost track of that joke. Um, he's <laughs> he's gonna get shot in the face, and the jackal will just make a new one with better paste. I don't know. Oh yeah, I, Todd. Well, Pastepot Todd Pete is like will retaliate by shooting you with glue, so your hands will get stuck together, and you can't pick up your gun to shoot him back. So I'll win. No. God, I'm so glad I'm the only one who came to this third question with, like, a real resume for my character. I w- Todd over here is questioning all his life decisions that led him to this point. What did I, I do? I don't want to argue with Kyle because I think that Kyle's right, but I do want to say that Pastepot Pete is the human embodiment of the sound effect. Like, that's just the noise that he makes. I, I also agree that Kyle's right, but I disagree that I'm wrong. I don't know Fair. how both of those things true, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, he has the weird, manipulative, kind of creepy smart to convince everyone that he's in charge, and I think he is psychotic enough that, like, I would, you know, my guess is that it would be, like, probably the vulture who steps out of line first, and Michael Keaton would be like, hey, no, I'm in charge, we do what I want. And without hesitation, Miles Warren would just pull out a gun and shoot him in the face, and then there would be a new vulture in the room by the afternoon. And so you're just you just pitched the first fifteen minutes of Suicide Squad. I hate to tell you. Whoa, spoiler hey man, alert. Nobody saw that wow. movie. Why you gotta bring that in? Yeah, this? no one saw that movie. <laughs> you can't spoil that. Um our, Matt, just a point of clarification here. So the science teacher, you're talking about Martin Starr, right? The science teacher that takes him to the, whatever the science Olympiad. No, no, he he's right. He no. no, no. This is another science teacher, and Matt's continuity. Martin Starr would have been fired, been replaced. Yeah. Well, so part okay. like the the actual canon is that uh, Miles Warren was a college professor of Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy, but since MCU Spider Man is a high school student, yeah. I had to just kind of like. Okay. Foghorn Leghorn that shit in and there somewhere. So he's you just made him way grosser and rapier. Yeah, you know what, Matt? I'm gonna say that you you making the professor a high school teacher um, is not the least like is not the craziest thing we've talked about today. Yeah. So I think we're we're okay. Is the craziest thing, Pace Pot Pete. <laughs> the, listen, the craziest listen, thing. The craziest thing is weird little no, no, Mark McGrath. If you are in the situation uh, where you have a gun that shoots glue and you happen to be in a factory with a lot of conveyor belts, and you happen to be juxtaposed in a situation where you and the person, you are in between the conveyor belt, and the person that you're trying to kill is in between you and the conveyor belt, then you, sir, are inclined to win, maybe, possibly. (laughs) If the other person doesn't have a different weapon. What? You picked a big hill to die on, and I'm proud of you for that, but I'm not sure it's going to work. That'll be my tombstone. Pick pick too big a hill to die on. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> There's a picture of Mark McGrath. I, uh, I don't. We have, a, we, have a, we have a big old picture of Mark McGrath, and it's. I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, so. I've I've got one more question, and man, I'm hoping it can help separate winners from losers here today. Um, because I boy, don't know if anyone wins today, Todd. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> the wins. Silly 60s. The silly 60s. The silly sixties. The silly sixties is really who wins. Yes. Okay, so I've I've got a bit of good news and a bit of bad news for you guys. Um, your third installment of 
the Spider-Man trilogy. It went really, really well, largely in part to specifically your character serving as just this stellar, you know, foil against Spider-Man. The bad news is that the studio wants to tank the franchise and run off with the money in an unnecessary extra lap of a movie, as is par for the course in every Spider-Man movie. Mm, Yeah. So now I'm asking you to put yourself in the director's chair. The obvious answer of how to achieve this would be to hastily introduce the Green Goblin. So, (laughs) (laughs) So, for for Spider-Man 4, Hometastic Journey, you will be partnered up with the Green Goblin, played by, of course... Adam Sandler. So tell me, <laughs> tell, tell me what scheme you and the Green Goblin played by Adam Sandler put together and what is specifically done to make this movie outdo the black suit dancing scene and whatever other tragedy you want to identify that ruined the second Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie that would be that would be jamie fox playing the itsy bitsy spider on tesla coins that you're right that That was was it so wait that happened oh it happened yeah oh oh. god so so specifically to sum this up again how are you going to ruin spider-man 4 with the help of green goblin played by teen heartthrob adam sandler and this doesn't have to necessarily be your character specifically. This is now you as the director. And if you want to include your character, that's fine. Because honestly, like some of your characters could very easily ruin a Spider-Man movie. Pace um, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go on record to say I would buy all the tickets if the, if Marvel cast Adam Sandler in any role in the MCU. Oh yeah, I just amazing. I I just you know I'm like man, how do you? What's the one common bond of Spider-Man? <laughs> the, the last one's always the worst, and they introduce Green Goblin. What third thing could make it really bad? Adam Sandler. There it is. Well, I think Pace Pot Pete would just ruin a movie by being in it. <laughs> <laughs> like it would just be like. It's Spider-Man Four, and like Pacebot Pete's like, "Hey, I Pacebot Pete," and then the movie just ends. Like, <laughs> roll from, from a metatextual standpoint, I think you're watching Marvel make the decision to try to include Pacebot Pete in the movie, but like that's the movie, and you're seeing the pitch of it. It's kind of like the the pilot episode of Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> but I think, good. but I think if you're gonna specifically with Adam Sandler. I think yep. you kind of take it to a Jack and Jill kind of situation <laughs> where <laughs> Adam Sandler plays both the Green Goblin and Spider-Man. Oh, like, oh no. No. He's just no, one says, no one says anything about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a nutty professor, like Eddie Murphy situation where it's just them all sitting at the dinner and it's like, oh, Green Goblin, you gotta stop farting. And Green Goblin just farting at Thanksgiving dinner. Actually, you know what? I would totally see that. I would want to pay my money right now, please. Also, bring back Facebook. <laughs> I do these things thinking that they're going to bring joy to our lives. And they don't ever. <laughs> they, rarely, they rarely do. Kyle, how are you going to let Adam Sandler ruin all that we love? So um, the way I'm going to bring Green Goblin into the fold is he'll have a similar similar setup to uh, how, he, how, he was, how he came to be in uh, the first Spider-Man movie where he's... He has to test his Green Goblin formula on himself. 
And how we're going to let Adam Sandler ruin the movie doing that is just by letting Adam Sandler be himself um, through that entire scene. Oh no! I got my. I injected myself with the Green Goblin serum. Oh! Just. All. Just full throttle, dialed up to 11, Adam Sandler in a laboratory, like. Like prat falling and knocking things over. David Spade shows up for some reason. He's <laughs> David the- Spade is definitely there. <laughs> you can do um, it. <laughs> yeah, Rob, Rob, Rob Schneider and David Spade are both there, and it's just the worst. Um, and that's that's really all I've got. I just wanted to do my my bad Adam Sandler hey, impression. Hey Todd, I have a better question. Instead of your question, can it be? How do you recast the cast of Grown Ups as the Sinister Six? <laughs> oh man, that would be that would be so good because Kevin Kevin James, I want him to be everyone. Yeah, I, I'm trying to picture Kevin who James I, who is Doctor Octopus. Yeah, Kevin James is Doctor Octopus. Wait, wait can it be can it be um, Grown Ups too when Shaq is there and who does Shaq play? Everyone, Mister Negative. <laughs> yeah, definitely Mister Negative. <laughs> okay, um one one more thing about Kyle's thing. As long as right before he he transforms into the Green Goblin, he goes, Hello Baloo. Like Absolutely. he does one of the <laughs> <laughs> Um so I think that if you were to insert the Green Goblin hastily into my movie, um Oh, and it's real hastily. Oh, it's very hastily, yeah. I think that uh there would a probably have to be that like MCU nod to the Jackal's old costume that looks a lot like Green Goblin, and then there there would probably be a like you look like me, I look like you, I do clones, we should utilize this, and the whole movie is just a weird clone affair, like lots and lots of clones and lots of are you the real Peter Parker? Which one's the real Peter Parker? And the way that I imagine this, the scene that breaks the internet and ruins the movie, is that. Jackal and the Green Goblin have decided, obviously, the answer to beating Spider-Man, Spider-Man, is there- Spider-Man? <laughs> well, wait, sorry, I just dropped the gun. The, the, <laughs> the, <coughs> the answer to beating Spider-Man is their own army of Spider-Men, so they just start to- This, again, this is just Mission Impossible 2. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, who this cares? Mission Impossible 2. Uh, whatever. Well, um, all movies are Mission Impossible 2, and yeah. <laughs> Andrew. That's accurate. So, or grown up, or grown ups too. Or grown ups too. So they just start mass producing Peter Parkers, and they're like, "We'll come back to this Peter Parker army in the morning." And they go home their separate ways. Unfortunately, one Peter Parker falls off the conveyor belt and knocks the like lever. To, the Adam Sandler juice into the yeah. into the vat. <laughs> knocks the lever to high speed, and we have suddenly thousands of Peter Parkers. Peter Parkers everywhere, and these Peter Parkers start to become sentient. And with nowhere else to go, they rely on their clone DNA and go back to Aunt May's house. And so Aunt May wakes up in the middle of the night with dozens of Peter Parkers in her house saying, Which one of you is the- what's going on? Who's the real Peter Parker? Tell me- Dozens of Peter's Parker. Tell me- tell me something that only the real Peter Parker would know. And then one Peter Parker would stand up, comb his hair over to one side, don a black suit, and enter into the dance sequence from Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3. Yeah! Man, that- that zigged a lot of different ways than I thought it was going to zag. I thought you were going with like a being John Malkovich type movie with Adam Sandler instead and that is a movie I would watch too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, like 
if you recast any major character as Adam Sandler and did the exact same movie, but just let Adam Sandler improv all of his own lines, <laughs> I would see that. You movie. like it doesn't matter. No, what no, the and the best is, part is they they don't like. They never show Adam Sandler the script. They just tell him what the movie's about 10 minutes before he does it, and he goes, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for the day that we get an Adam Sandler biopic. Oh, I yeah. know. Because it's going to happen, and I just, like, I'm just biding my time. Yeah, but, like, it's, Adam Sandler, I mean, Adam Sandler could Adam Sandler any movie. Can you imagine yeah. Adam Sandler replacing Sandra Bullock in Gravity? And the hilarity yes. <laughs> And he would fart in space. Yes. Oh, I no, I think he needs to replace George Clooney so he can just be Adam Sandler as he floats off into space. Oh Ooh. no! <laughs> <laughs> They're all gonna laugh at you. Can we end this? I, can we end I'm, this nightmare time? I'm <laughs> so wake up sorry. From this dark dream. Okay, um I've got so much to think about that I don't want to think about. Um, so I need some closing statements before I make any decisions, but please make them quick because I feel the darkness creeping in. All right. So I'm just going to, I'm going to leave you with the, the last kind of like the parting words of paste pot Pete in this, in this super gritty movie right before they're, they're in the final battle and Spider-Man's going to cast the finishing blow and paste pot Pete looks at him and says, <clears throat> All around the world, statues crumble for me. <laughs> Who knows how I long I've loved so you. so much. Everywhere I go, people stop and they see 25, <clears throat> 25 years old, my mother, God rest her soul. I just want to fly. I hate you so much. All around the world. I'm so mad. I'm so mad <laughs> right now. All around the world. Wait, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that part, you have to get like ten feet away from the microphone and yell into it. So it really gets <laughs> All around the world! <laughs> have fun editing that, guys. This is all getting cut. I I really expected a glue pun, and I was not expecting to get hit with sugar ray, but I'm glad that I it, did. It was a it was a quick left turn, but I'm glad I made it. <laughs> it took him down an interesting road. I please Go more. Um, what are we even talking about anymore? I just need to know why your why your gritty villain is the best gritty villain, and don't say Mark McGrath or don't bring up Adam Sandler. So I'll give I'm a real answer to this question because he's he's the CEO of his own business. He's a master of disguise and deception, and is probably the only real answer to this whole podcast. This episode, I think Kyla should win. <laughs> <laughs> Can you even call it winning at this point? <laughs> Matt, can you please talk? Um, creepy science teacher, excuse to put Michael Emerson in the MCU and steal another character actor mm -hmm. from the DC universe. That's all I got. That's, Boom, James. That, so, so before I tell you what decision I've made, because I made it a long time ago, um, <laughs> I, I have to do what could quite possibly be the most painful part of this and that is i'm going to ask you to say nice things about the other people and you know if if you don't feel good saying nice things about paste pot pete you can just you know That's either okay. tell me your favorite sugar ray song or <laughs> you can you can give me an adam sandler quote but i need you to give me some good vibes about the other two yeah i mean I, I'll accept the pass on Pace Pot Pete. Um, 
Kyle, I mean, Kyle's going to win because that was the right answer. Um, I love I love that when you were going through that, I was like, I was trying to hold back. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's really fucking cool. Like, I like the idea of uh, the, like, God damn it. I just looked at Mark McGrath again. Um, <laughs> I really, I really like the, like, are you Peter Parker? No, I'm Peter Parker. And like him, him, like tricking his friends and family that that is very cool. And very much a, like, how do you fuck with Spider-Man? You fuck with his family. Very well yeah. done. Yeah. Um, the, the, God damn it. Mark McGrath. The, uh, the, the, the <laughs> Mr. Warren professor, science professor thing is really interesting. Um, I think that's definitely going to be a natural extension of the Spider-Man lore is like, you know, I like, I want to see more of him, like his personal life interacting with his, his superhero life. That's a very cool iteration. Um, super creepy and super weird. And I don't know that they would ever do that to that extent, but you know, always killing off Gwen Stacy is a plus. You got to kill off Gwen Stacy. You got to check that box. Um, so yeah, very interesting stuff, guys. So I, I actually, like before we devolved into the insanity that we did, um, I really liked your backstory for Paste Pot Pete. Thanks, and I really, I really like the idea of um, having a, um, someone running around you know, with a similar but different power with the glue gun and like framing Spider-Man for these crimes. Um, and I th- like that was a, that's a really cool take on this character that has absolutely no history at all. And like you, you really built up this nice character and then dashed it to hell with <laughs> our <laughs> insanity um, or with our Mark McGrath picture. Um, but it was a, it was until we got there. It was a, a really cool idea. And um, Matt, yeah, I like the I like the villains of Spider-Man that he has to like interact with on a day to day basis and like do that whole Three's Company routine with of like, here I am, I'm Peter Parker, but Spider-Man's got to be here too. Like, how do I do that? And I think a science teacher is a good way to do that. And um, the the Gwen Stacy angle might be a little too uh, too sexual and dark to make it to uh to the big screen but um i i i appreciate the attempt and it, it would it is a very creepy backstory for a villain like, it definitely it work for a villain it definitely plays in the the netflix shows like that is that is oh, like yeah. netflix show fodder yeah yeah i mean that's it's up there with um the oh gosh we already talked about it in episode two but um the guy from Jessica Jones, who's super creepy. Yep. The purple yeah. man. Yeah. Purple Kilgrave. Man. Kilgrave, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. his name. Yeah. Um, so my favorite Sugar Ray song is Into Yesterday from the Surf's Up soundtrack. Um, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good answer. <laughs> also, my favorite Adam Sandler quote is Hoobity Doobity. Also, I learned today that according to Wikipedia, Sugar Ray is a, uh, a new metal band, which would put them yeah, in no. the same category as Korn. And I just their need to first, put that down. Their first album is a like full fledged new metal album, and then their second album they went very they went to that that they put on board sound shorts. we all yeah. know. I call and that Venice Beach rock. Yeah. Yes. Um. So yeah, I mean, like the silly '60s are a very real time, and anytime we get to revisit a villain from the silly '60s, I laugh. I like yeah. Kyle said. I think that your backstory was really good, and your your fight scene was epic, and the cliche of sticking somebody to a conveyor belt <laughs> unintentionally and watching them be pulverized yeah. by machinery is pretty great. Um, 
Thanks. Kyle, thanks for showing up today. Somebody had to, and I'm glad it was you. <laughs> um, Lord knows I woke up this morning and Googled shitty Spider-Man villains and picked the one that looked like Green Goblin and Blanca and um, didn't know anything about him. And then as I started researching him, I was like, ooh, the Gwen Stacy thing is kind of weird, but I guess I'm leaning into it now. Um, so, yeah, like I said, man. Too late to back out at this Matt, point. Thanks for showing Matt is up. Definitely, Matt is definitely a shoot, que- shoot first, ask questions later kind of guy. <laughs> Damn straight, man. D- you're Every right, time. I am. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we're all here now. Can I offer a metaphor, Todd? It's, no. It's very, it, no, it's very, it's very serious. This isn't a joke. I feel like it's going to be a joke. It's not going to oh, be a joke. It's, 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 it's either, it's either Sugar right, Ray lyrics or an Adam Sandler it. bit. Nope, it's neither. It's neither. All right. So Todd is going to uh, st- I hate it already. Start. Todd is going to build a macro a debate this macaroni sculpture by by taking the debate this glue gun and and uh, gluing debate this macaroni to a debate this picture frame. All right. So, um, <laughs> what is what was that so, metaphor even? <laughs> I uh so. Let's just, I'll just go through the list real quick. Andrew, you lost today, and I've got a lot of reasons <laughs> yeah, <sure> why. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, let's, I want to put it this way I'm rubber and you're glue, and I hate all of your answers. So, no, no, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Your backstory was great. I personally, there's no redemption for, for Paste Pot Pete. No, there's I not. don't. I, I I love like the thought like this is what I wanted with like a gritty a, a gritty reboot but man I don't even think that the MCU facelift could save him. Um, yeah, he would be. Well, you're talking about like who's the kind of villain that gets toasted in the first ten minutes as the eye catch. Oh yeah, yeah he's yeah. like no, nah, I paste pop Pete dead. <laughs> Spider Man doesn't kill people, but he accidentally kills. Yeah, no, he just get he just get he gets smacked by like a, a road sign or something, and he just gets. He gets iced like Boba Fett, like a real well, like, lame-o. Well, like, Pastepot Pete tries to, like, you know, for a distraction, roll his car off a cliff, but glues his hand to the steering wheel. <laughs> yeah. like, and that's actually, the end of it. When I was thinking through my screenplay, which is four pages, um, I yeah. was trying to think of a situation like that where it's like, oh, I accidentally glued my brake pedal down. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just the end. <laughs> like, what the um, fuck? So that, so that leaves Kyle and Matt... Um, Kyle, yeah, you won today, and that's really great. Matt, you did a really good job. I, uh, hey, thanks. Yeah. It feels like a very hollow yeah, victory. No, I, um, I really, really liked both of the, the ways that you two placed yourselves into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I really agree with what Andrew said about um, the, the Jackal, like that, that duality of you are Peter Parker's teacher, but you're also the bad guy, and so you are front row center to... Well, Parker's not here, but Spider-Man is, and vice versa. Um, yeah. Kyle, I can actually see yours kind of playing out, and I thought that was cool. Um, I uh, I hope that they do the chameleon. I hope that they play it off, and I liked your story. We should uh, we should pitch that. So I'll call my um, people at Marvel. Yeah, somebody yeah, email Kevin Feige. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> So we want to thank you for listening to Debate This. Go ahead and follow along with the argument on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review so more people can hear our dumb, stupid, dumb we're, bullshit. We're so glad you made it this far into the episode <laughs> if you did. And, and you know what? Please, please don't at Adam Sandler. 
um, for what we've done here today. Or he's two. he's really he's really trying with his like guy when it, with his straight to Netflix. Todd, movies. if we could get Adam Sandler on this show, that would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, <get> sponsored <laughs> sponsored by debate this sponsored by Hibbity Do. <laughs> so so until next time, I'm Todd Thomas. I'm Andrew. They're all gonna laugh at you, Henderson. <laughs> I'm Kyle Hibbity Do Harper. And I'm Matt. All around the world! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Saying thanks for debating with us, and if you think we're wrong, then you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. Hey! Excelsior! I was gonna say. Oh, well, there's. Excelsior. And I didn't say swing sex.